It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're pulling double duty from the basketball court to comedy clubs with two Toronto comics who turned their love of the game into cult hit podcasts and checking in with club owners to find out what 2022 has in store for live stand-up. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Everybody wants to get down like that. Wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a 6'4 I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat you are listening to an all-new Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Because the world is still stuck in 2020, and now your vision can be, too. How about that? We oh, got nice one. Right? Isn't that a banger, Vince? I'm surprised it took me two years of this nonsense to come up with that. We of course have our producer Vince Tedesco on the line. Yeah, we're uh, we got a we we're we're doing a bit of a double sided coin on the show tonight, Vince. We're talking a lot of things across the board here. First off, it is of course NBA season. I know you're a huge fan. We are in Raptors fever always in Toronto, so we are getting into basketball podcasts with two comics who launched hit podcasts because they are basketball obsessed super fans and then Vince a little later on of course we're checking in with two club owners here in Toronto in the GTA to find out what all this looks like with things reopened and what's the new year going to look like in comedy how many variants can we withstand that's what we want to know yeah both ends of the spectrum we got here we got comics who aren't really doing comedy they're doing podcasts but it's sports and comedy I mean there's a lot of things that you can mix with comedy cooking and comedy sports and comedy obviously so we're only going to dive into all that but then on the other like the complete flip side of that is club owners who actually book these guys for their venues and and yeah what what's it going to look like you know christmas season's here and the new year and then becomes the dreaded cold days of winter and then what's all that going to look like how every how different are things going to be in a new year and are we actually going to finally at some point with things being reopened emerge from this thing we're gonna find out and hey Vince I know you're a basketball fan I'm not really I told you before the show I was in the Raptors locker room last year doing a thing and that basically was Disneyland for me uh but other than that I don't know anything about basketball I just enjoyed the Raptors locker room for my own reasons uh so we're gonna get into it brought to you of course by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you see the new COVID variant from a mile away how about that? I really hope that in season seven, we're done with the COVID slogans for Hakeem. But at this point, I really don't think so. I doubt it. It's just a never ending March 2020. But anyways, on a brighter note, we're getting into something that we've definitely never covered on this show before. We're talking basketball. We're talking hoop dreams. We got Catherine Nyker and Freddie Rivas on the line who have, well, between the two of you, not one, but two hit basketball podcasts. So we're going to get into it. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. So happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm doing I'm doing good, too. Sorry. You both look good. I mean, we're watching on Zoom. Of course, people on the radio can't see this. They'll see us on the on Zoom. But you both have your very professional, slick podcast setups at home. You sound crisp. You sound clear. You've been doing it. You've been doing it this whole time. I am curious. So, I mean, 
Toronto has over the years become very much a basketball town. It's become a basketball city. It's not just because of the win a couple of years ago. It's not entirely because of Drake. Certainly he helped push that forward a little bit, but for you two, I mean, I know Freddie, you already had a basketball podcast that's been going for years. You do uh, confederacy of dunks. Now yourself and Catherine, you came together and you co-host the pickup podcast. How did this whole thing come together? Well, uh, I mean, you know, from my perspective, I had had Catherine on the pod uh, over the years many times. And, you know, she had me on her pod, uh, Buckets and Tea, worked well together, had a lot of uh, similar basketball opinions, but also disagreed in a way that I think we both enjoy. And, you know, we're both fans of uh, uh, fans of the WNBA and women's basketball. And I think wanted to contribute to you know that podcast landscape and to, you know to the the noise around you know that the growing sport that is uh women's basketball and just to you know shed some light on it and learn about it so i feel like yeah. uh, as a collective we decided that um we want to do that in podcast form yeah i mean Catherine was was a big part of this i mean obviously you know yeah, shedding a light on WNBA. I mean, it doesn't get talked about as much as the NBA. There is still some fan bias there. There isn't as much media there. Was that a big goal for you as well as just like tapping into that audience and spreading the word about this and covering it more than other people are doing? Yeah, I mean, as a, a woman who has watched basketball pretty much my, my whole life, I felt kind of guilty not being as into the WNBA. And I, you know, I kind of like thought like, why am I not as into the WNBA? Like, do I believe these biases? No, not really. Um, is it as accessible to me? No, not really. I felt like I kind of had to go out of my way to be a WNBA fan. Um, it's not as readily accessible. I think, I guess it's like any niche interest. Like if you have a niche interest, you kind of have to go out of your way to experience it more. And then I think like, you know, maybe what discourages people is not having enough like friends to chat about that niche interest with and things like that. And I think Freddie and I both felt the same way and decided we wanted to know more. So we bought league pass, which is like 20 bucks a year. It's like nothing compared to what the NBA costs Yeah, and uh, decided to give it a go. I mean, we called it the pickup because it's like, Hey, we're learning on the fly. Like, yes, we know basketball, but we're learning a whole new league here. So mm -hmm. we're literally picking it up as we go, but I'll also, it's like pick a basketball. So it's a play on words that way and, and just decided to give it a whirl. And like now we're huge WNBA fans. Like we have so much fun. And I think for us, it's all it's all about the fan experience. Like it's very much rooted in the fan experience. Like, how is it for us to watch these games? How is it for us to enjoy these games? It's not we're not like overtly nerdy into advanced analytics, trying to prove how smart we are. We're really here just to have fun. And I think that was something that that particular league doesn't have enough of and we wanted to bring that voice to it and I, I i really love what we've done so far and that is actually i mean it's kind of perfect timing too because that's a huge you know the fact that it does get overlooked in comparison to the nba and that's also a huge conversation that's happening right now in sports is is gender in sports that's a massive conversation going on mm -hmm. right now so it's sort of a perfect time for this and i mean the beautiful thing about podcasting, too, I mean, we had some of the folks from Sonar Network on the show a few weeks back, which, of course, they host both of your shows. Mm -hmm. um, but just how niche you can go with podcasting. You can you can cover really any topic and reach out to a very specific audience because they're out there. And if you promote it, they'll gravitate towards it. I mean, making the show fun and approachable, even for people who might be only, you know, casual basketball fans, how much of a 
how much of your comedy sort of plays into that when you're doing these podcasts and just making it sort of approachable? And yeah, like you said, Catherine, not going super deep into like the details and the nitty gritty and the analytics and all that, and just making it sort of an approachable listen for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in and just say, I feel like the, the biggest part of comedy that comes in naturally is uh, the willingness to, you know, fail and and <laughs> get things wrong. Um, you know, whether it's a pronouncing somebody's name or not understanding, you know, the a playoff format, like the NBA is such, or the WNBA, sorry, it's such a volatile league uh, in that it's kind of constantly changing. Like the, the semantics around it, the rules, um, the way they advertise, like it, it really kind of is an experimental league with narratives that don't really exist, uh, you know, as far as I've, uh, I've ever seen in in other international leagues and in other North American leagues. So it's a lot of being humbled. And uh, I think any comedian can relate to that. Also, we have like a like a bad player of the week. And sometimes it's based on on the court or just like off the court, like they're just killing it on social media. Yeah. Or we have like yeah. a, a Freddie's fun question. I remember I Freddie, I answered one of your questions by saying I wanted to take a team to a haunted house in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Do you remember that? We keep just it like really, yeah, really <laughs> random stuff like that too. I mean, of course we talk about what's happening in the league, but we also have fun in that way. And I think like with the WNBA, like Freddie said, like it is a volatile league. Like they just announced that they were completely changing their playoff format uh, in the last week or two. And it's like, that doesn't happen in bigger sports. Like there would be so much uproar, but they were like, you know what? We need to reinvent things. We're going to change our playoff format. Or there's issues around things like maternity leave in sports, mm -hmm. like really fascinating issues that you just don't really get to talk about in other sports. And, uh, it's actually, uh, given Freddie and I room to even be quite political at times, um, mm -hmm. as well in, in ways that you don't necessarily expect. And again, I guess too, I mean, yeah, as comics, you're sort of going to be naturally comfortable having that conversation and, you know, not taking yourselves too seriously and making it light and fun and just sort of rolling with whatever happens. But I guess for both of you, it's also a chance to, you know, when you get behind the mic, you get to just sort of be yourselves and talk about stuff that you wouldn't bring onto the stage. I mean, you're not going to go and do Catherine. I mean, I'm sure you're not doing 30 minutes about WNBA when you're in some <laughs> club or something, because now, you know, you might be talking to like one table and, you know, ruling out the whole rest of the room. It's kind yeah. of a chance for you to get into stuff naturally and, and just talk about things that wouldn't, wouldn't make it into your material. That, that's absolutely true. I mean, I do talk about my love for Nick Nurse on stage. Um, I have a yeah. huge crush on him, head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Really have decided I do not care who knows who he is or, or doesn't. We're going to come back with more Freddie Rivas, more Catherine Niker, talking more basketball and podcasts right here on Inside Jokes. We'll be right back on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Freddie Rivas from the Pickup WNBA podcast, and you are listening to Inside Jokes, and I hope you're having a nice day. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 <laughs> Toronto, brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Helping you watch TikTok videos while you pretend to work from home. How about that? We're talking hoop dreams and hustlers with Freddie Rivas. 
Catherine Niker, co-hosts of the Pickup Podcast, which is, of course, now available on the Sonar Podcast Network, uh, which is all WNBA. And actually, we'll get into this right now. Vince, our producer, was mentioning during the break. Drake, who, of course, we mentioned earlier in the show, has been a huge part of, you know, this Raptors fever that has really turned Toronto into a basketball city in the last decade, not even, you know, this whole We the North fever. And now, of course, Drake is pushing to get a WNBA team here in Toronto. And here's the interesting thing. I think one thing about Toronto is that fans of teams in this city are diehard no matter what. I mean, if you switch over to hockey, you look at the Leafs. The Leafs haven't won anything in 250 years, but people still go. You got to mortgage your house to take your kids to a Leaf game and come in from like Oakville or whatever. And people are still super fans. I mean, it's the same with the Jays. And of course, now this has really become a Raptors town i mean Catherine and freddie do you do you think this could could really happen do you think we could get a wnba here in toronto uh, i think so i hope so i feel like it's it's kind of all building towards that happening um the wnba is is doing well and you know really really has been growing you know especially since the pandemic started there's been a lot more eyes on the league and uh yeah you know Toronto is a perfect place. I, I know there's obviously other cities in consideration. And you know, I remember as a hardcore Raptors fan, when Drake started affiliating himself with the Raptors, uh, just how many friends and, and family and, you know, different fans would kind of be like, you know, this is nothing. It doesn't matter. And I mean, whatever you think about Drake, the guy has clout, you know, deals yeah. in rel- relevancy and makes, makes things happen. So I feel like if he is pushing, you know, for the WNBA to happen, that's just another big factor. Like I'm sure, you know, Drake probably has some cause to claim for a certain amount of Canada's GDP. Yeah. Like he, he's just Mike Myers on steroids. <laughs> like he's, he's one of the most famous true. people in the world. And all he does is endorse Toronto constantly. It, it is, it is really true. And I mean, you know, it really has put us on the map. I mean, people, you know, Americans sort of a lot for a lot of the part have that sort of tunnel vision. It's like Pleasantville, like nothing exists outside of the town. So, yeah. I mean, I think they thought we lived in igloos or something up here. And now it's, you know, we became a viable global city. I mean, we're, yeah. we're the third biggest city in North America. We're right behind L.A. And now people actually look at us in that way. And I think, yeah, I mean, for sure, Drake played a huge part in sort of trending a city <laughs> yeah he did it's weird but he did it is it is weird and yeah like you said i mean 20 years ago it was like mike myers or jim carrey but now it's yeah. like drake and the weekend and bieber and but it is great i mean i think there is for sure room for that and i mean as i said we you know we've proven over the years in toronto that once you get a franchise here i mean the following is hugely loyal i mean people are really Toronto or nothing and it goes kind of Canada wide because this is it there's no more Vancouver Grizzlies I don't know if anybody knows that (laughs) (laughs) I I'll say this like I'm not the biggest Drake fan but if that's what it takes to get a WNBA team here I'm all for it they can slap his OVO logo on the jerseys for all I care (laughs) they can you know they can put his logo on the court like he, he could probably afford a team. Like, I don't know what WNBA franchises go for, but I feel like he could single-handedly afford it if he wanted to. Huh. Like, I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, he's hanging out with Liz Cambage, and for people who don't know her, you can you can Google her. She's a, a very sexy uh, WNBA player, really puts herself out there in that way. And, 
you know, they're spending a lot of time together. So you never know. Um, I'm very excited for it either way. Uh, and like you said, like, like Toronto is a huge sports city. Like we have a, a lacrosse team that does yeah. well. We have the masters that sells out and it's not even like close. It's like, you got to go to York university to watch tennis in August and it sells out. <laughs> yeah all the time. Like I, I absolutely believe the city could support a WNBA franchise. I think it's just getting the right people involved and, and convincing them uh, it could work. And if we get Liz Cambage, she's a solid player as well as being very sexy. Uh, that's a, that's a huge win for everybody. Well, and I mean, you, you're for, yeah. And you're for sure going to, you know, you're, you are going to get the, you know, that little corner of naysayers are going to be like, it's too niche. It's too much of a niche thing. Uh, but really, I mean, when you go back to when the Raptors first launched, everybody in Canada was kind of like, what? Basketball mm -hmm. in Canada? That's going to be a thing? That's weird. And then, I mean, in Toronto, it took off. I mean, it's arguably that's our team now, really. I mean, we always looked at ourselves as like Blue Jays town, but really, I would, it's, it's Raptors fever now all the way. I don't think that's going to really change anytime soon either. One thing I want to pick both your brains on, too, is, you know, Comedians didn't invent podcasting, obviously. It was sort of this weird little ham radio-ish thing that started a decade plus ago, probably 15 years ago now. But comedians were the ones who really made it the medium that it is now. Comedians were the ones who just took it, latched onto it, used it to build whole new audiences and made it this mega format and this huge, it, it was sort of, it did for live standup again what what the advent of the Netflix special did. It sort of brought a whole new audience into that. And I'm talking comedians across the board and networks across the board, not just Joe Rogan and Mark Marin. There's more people <laughs> out there. But what is it, do you think, that that made comedians married to this form so much? Like, why is it such a natural fit for comics? I think it's because we can't shut up. Yeah, I, I was going to say <laughs> narcissism as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We think our opinions matter so much, you know? <laughs> well, and it is a way to, I guess, because I mean, yeah, when you're on stage, I mean, you know, Freddie, you do a lot of stuff where you are in character. I mean, in Catherine, mm -hmm. when you're doing material, I mean, yes, you're yourself up there. But when you're doing stand up, you are a very much a heightened. Yes. Sort of characterized version of yourself. Right. You're nailed to your material. You're nailed to getting that very specific reaction from the crowd and sort of riding that moment. So I guess there must be something for comics that's that really is freeing when you get into that mic you're still trying to go after kind of your same audience that you've built, but all that other superficial kind of onstage stuff just kind of melts away and you get to just free form it and sort of play jazz a little bit and be yourself, I guess. Yeah. Well, well said, I feel like free form it and, and play jazz and be yourself is kind of like the, it's kind of like the secret comedy skill. Um, you know, any friend I've ever had that's done comedy for a long time, if they then leave, to work in like an ad agency or something, they end up being like the star of the agency. And I feel like yeah. when you're in comedy, you learn like a basic set of like, I don't know, like if you think about like the restaurant industry, soft skills, like the soft skills of comedy is dealing with failure, rolling with the punches, uh, not taking yourself too seriously, being curious, I think is a big part of it. And yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me that part of this podcast revolution, you know, that comedians are a big part of it because they, we just find a way our, our path of least resistance is kind of like whatever form we can get where we don't have a, a bunch of people, a bunch of bosses, you know, comedians yeah. are, we're looking for places where we can just exist 
and have fun and, you know, do our thing. And the podcast world is, is that. Well, and even, I mean, yes, you, you both host this show and other shows on the Sonar Network. And we talked to them a while ago. And years ago, Freddie, I had the Talk Hole Network and you yep. brought Confederacy over there. And I think it really is, you know, you're seeing more and more of these labels, these record labels and these podcast networks spring up. And it sort of is this sort of strength in numbers thing. They're really more like, you know, art collectives, which I think, especially yeah. here in Canada, is super important because, I mean, really not that long ago and to some degree even still now, but I feel like we are moving away from this. But really, Canadian comedy was all about gatekeepers. There was like five people in the industry that told everyone, yes, you can do this gig. No, you can't. Yes, mm -hmm. you can move further. No, you can't. And I mean, especially after COVID, we saw it was all independent content creators and independent networks and everything that sort of kept audiences going during this whole thing. And I think coming out of the other yeah. side of this, the industry is going to look a lot different. It's going to be a lot more, I think, artist fueled now in comedy. Yeah, I think so too. I completely agree. And I think with the, you know, the state of comedy now is that we've all had to find what our online niche is. Like it isn't just about the stages anymore. So, you know, for Freddie and I, it's been podcasting for other people. It's TikTok, you know, maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's Twitter, like tweeting out like 10 jokes a day. Um, for me, like I personally prefer the more long formed uh, conversation, being able to dive into details and nuance in a way that other social media platforms don't really allow you to do. But I think every comedian has had to find their own style and their own thing that works for them. I started my NBA podcast in February, 2020. It was like literally the worst time to start <laughs> an NBA podcast, but I somehow kept it going and it's still going. And it, I think it really helped me get through the pandemic in a lot of ways, just having this thing to hold on to as routine to an excuse to talk to people, to interview people. And it's really been a positive thing for me just in my life as well as my career so I think we've all had to find that thing that fits us outside of the stages but I love still doing live comedy I love performing at comedy clubs and I hope people come out more and more to see live comedy because that's a still a, remains a huge part of my life and by the way I mean yeah talking about how you started the podcast in February 2020 yeah. I mean the entire sporting world in March yeah the entire sporting <laughs> world and comedy world like you know, everything shut down and it was terrible for everybody. But I mean, if you look at basketball, especially because right at the beginning of the year, you know, yeah. you lost Kobe Bryant. That was a huge, yes. massive hit. That was a hero mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And then right after that, this strange thing took over the world and everything stopped. So it was like talking about that at that time in the worst. I mean, I was actually going to start it in January and then the Kobe thing, you know, and then he passed away. And then I was like, yeah. okay, I don't want my first episode to be this. Let's just like, wait a bit. And then started it in February instead. And then, and then COVID happened. And then I was like, well, I can't like not do it anymore. Like I just started, I ended up rating. I ended up reviewing basketball movies <laughs> <laughs> for like That's so awesome, long. Man. Yeah. And then like, and then that the last dance that Michael Jordan dog came out. And I think I talked about that for a whole month. Like I was yeah. really like, yeah, it was rough going until uh, the, the NBA bubble happened. And now it's just been yeah. straight basketball. Yeah. Since. February, yeah. 2020. That's when we were all sitting in bars, watching the TV going, Oh, that's a weird thing that's happening in Wuhan. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. won't be, that won't be worse than SARS. Yeah. yeah. And then, like a week later. 
we were all unemployed. Uh, yeah. honestly, I mean, I could, I, I do think once, I mean, we were talking about this with the, with the sonar folks too, but I think we are going to see, I hate to use the word wave right now, but we are going to see after all this, because we've had people that have been at home streaming content for a year and a half. I think we are going to see a whole new wave of comedy audiences come out and watch live shows again. Cause they're going to go, Oh, I'm, I've been listening to all this stuff and watching all this stuff. I never thought to go out and watch that before, but I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, we're seeing it even now here in Toronto. I mean, in the last two months since things reopened, there hasn't been a single show really at Comedy Bar that hasn't been packed and selling out. I mean, so much so that they're overflowing to a whole new space. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. hopefully we see more of that. Anyways, Freddie and Catherine, before we do let you guys go, of course, where can we listen to the Pickup Podcast? And Freddie also, at the same time, of course, Confederacy of Dunks. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, check out the check out the pickup podcast uh, on the sonarnetwork.com. Also check out all their other pods um, and you can check out my pa- uh, podcast, Confederacy of Dunks, uh, you know, uh, at Dunks podcast and at Dunks uh, on Twitter is where you find it. And, um, well, you know, Catherine's uh, Catherine's pod, too. I got a plug, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Buckets and tea. Uh, my NBA podcast is called Buckets and Tea. Uh, it's now joining the Raptors Republic blog, so you can check it out there. Nice. And, yeah, of course, uh, the pickup, our WNBA podcast, shout out to the Sonar Network, who uh, has been really great to us. And yeah, check it out. If you've considered watching the WNBA before, our podcast is a great way to uh, introduce you to the league. Excellent. Freddie and Catherine, thank you both so much. Everybody check out these podcasts and, of course, everything happening on the Sonar Network because really they're the only ones doing this in Canada right now. And I think it's the perfect time. We will be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, I'm Catherine Niker, host of the Pickup WNBA podcast. I know you're thinking, I can't wait to hear a nasally woman talk about sports. Here's your chance. And this is Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thank you again to Freddie Rebus and Catherine Niker. Check out their shows right now on the Sonar Podcast Network. We're leaving the court now, though. We're switching gears. We're heading over to comedy clubs. We have finally seen clubs, festivals, live venues reopen again after the longest winter in recorded history in Canadian comedy. So we're going to flip over, switch gears, talk to two club owners and bookers, find out where we see all this stuff going in the new year and what comedy looks like now. It's a whole brave new world. We've got Joe Tachito, owner and founder of the Corner Comedy Club on the line with us. How you doing, Joe? We wanted to talk to you for a while though, Joe, because I mean, you know, you built the Corner Comedy Club back in 2015 now. Uh, you, you've, you've just moved to a new home venue here in Toronto. You were a club owner in Toronto, though. I mean, to give a bit of background on you, you built this club around local comics, local lineups, local crowds, Toronto talent right here in the city. I mean, you were you were around for years before this. I mean, a lot of comics in this city knew you well from Underground Comedy Club, which sadly also isn't there anymore. But you always had your thumb on that pulse of who was coming up in Toronto comedy and who were the ones to watch. And you sort of, you built this, I would say it's really... Toronto's only true sort of New York style club. It's this intimate club where nothing's sort of off limits. It's all about young guns, upcoming killer talent, and building that sort of word of mouth from there. 
Um, yeah, definitely. So it kind of came into fruition as a result of me producing and promoting comedy shows, like you said, at the Underground Comedy Club. <clears throat> and it started with just me being like a huge fan of comedy. And I, I looked to the, the local circuit and a lot of the up and coming acts that I was becoming a fan of from the podcast uh, world universe. I just noticed they weren't being brought to Toronto. So I took a, a leap of faith and I reached out to one of my favorite comics at the time. And I just tweeted him saying, how do I hire you for something? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's bringing you to Toronto. And it really just expanded from there. But whenever I would bring these uh, great acts from LA and New York to Toronto, I had to use the local Toronto comedy uh, comics to come and open for them. And it didn't take long for me to realize that, you know, I like these guys just as much as I like the acts coming in from out of town. And I definitely saw a hole in a gap in the market and I wanted to fill it and give these guys a place, guys and girls a place to, uh, you know, come and perform, put a highlight on this like amazing art form that's going on in our city. Right. And there is something like, I mean, the, you know, the comedy that you've become known for, for producing at the and hosting at the corner comedy club. I mean, it really is this sort of, it, it does to, always reminds me of the New York standup scene. I mean, it's this intimate room. You're right there playing off the crowd. There's no limitations on the material. I mean, you go with your gut, you hire comics because you like their work yourself. And it's really comedy that sort of, cuts like a straight razor and i mean you've built this rep for that i mean just the fact that you have been able to come back after covid and reopen in a new space i mean we were talking before the break and a lot of venue owners across canada that that didn't find a way to do that and i mean now i mean we had we had tamara on the show a couple weeks ago plugging an album that that was recorded there you got album tapings happening there you've built sort of you know, a loyal audience that comes into these shows and knows these comics intimately. Uh, and of course, we do have an old friend of ours we haven't talked to in a while, but it was certainly during this never-ending pandemic. We got our friend Andreas down in Niagara Falls, of course. Yuck, yucks, Niagara. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. So for you, I mean, it's a bit different. I mean, obviously, the entire comedy industry took a hit. I mean, Andreas, we caught up with you, but fairly early on into the pandemic where all of this stuff was really sort of big question mark all these zoom and tiktok shows and all that were just kind of starting nobody really quite knew what to do yet or how long all this would last i think especially for you being down in niagara having the club down there right on the border this was sort of a harsh reminder of just how intimately tied in comedy is with you know the service industry and tourism and hospitality and bars and restaurants and all this and for you, a huge part of your bread and butter was always Americans coming across the border and American comics coming in. What's that been like for you doing a reopen after all this? Uh, the the, re, the reopening has been great. You know what? We started end of uh, end of August with uh, Frank Spadone. It was a great two shows. It was nice to get life back in the club. Uh, it felt somewhat normal again. Um. You know, we're back to just doing regular yucks comedians every weekend. And you know what? They're getting better and better every week. But we've been very hurt by the American border being the border being closed. We do get a lot of American guests. Americans love comedy and yeah. they came to the club a lot. And you could tell by when the, the MC asked any Americans in the audience. And we get a lot of times where no one there's no Americans. And before it was like. You get 20, 30, 40 Americans in the audience. And um, so it's it's sad. And the American talent is is not, we're not able to get them again. And it's it's been it's been tough. Uh, but it has been fun so far. Uh, you know, can, Canadian Canadian comics, we have a lot of good comedians. And uh, it's been exciting just to be back 
feeling somewhat normal. Not quite there yet. Hopefully 2022, we're uh, fully back, but. Well, and that's the thing too. And I mean, one, one thing that's sort of been a side effect of all this is that, you know, it did. I mean, look, look at JFL when it came back this year, it was obviously a much different animal, but for the first time ever, it was an entirely Canadian lineup. That's who was there playing that festival, which of course is never the case. I think it did sort of put a new premium on focusing on our own comedy talent in Canada again, and just booking our own. I mean, Joe, that's a completely different angle for you because I mean, you, you know, you don't, you don't have a corporate backing. There's no brand or anything behind you. This is a thing that you built brick and mortar yourself based on local lineups and local talent. I mean, it is kind of, in a way it is nice to see us have that appreciation again of just who we have here at home. Uh, yeah. The big part for me was just, you know, like coming into this, realizing like all these like amazing Canadian artists that came out of Toronto and around Canada. And it's, I just thought it's a shame that these guys have to go and make it big in the States before Canadians even respect them. But, you know, I wanted to build a place that people can come to and then one day look back and say, I can't believe I saw, this comic perform in this little 30 seat venue. Um, this is where they make it, right? This is where, this is their gym. And I'm very proud to be a place that uh, allows these comics to hone in on the craft uh, before they go and flap their wings. Yeah, and it really does. I mean, you were saying before the break how it has almost this sort of speakeasy feel at the quarter where, you know, for audience, it's sort of like, feels like you've stumbled into a comedian's clubhouse almost. It's right there, it's intimate. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're sitting in the green room hanging out with these comics and shooting the shit with them when you're there to watch a show. It feels it feels very face to face and, and close. Yeah, you're submersed in it. You know, the com the Corner Comedy Club is named after Speaker's Corner being at Queen and John. And uh, the whole premise about it is, you know, the basis of free speech. And uh, I was surprised that just being a place where I could have a free speech platform that it would turn into like, quote unquote, like the black sheep comedy club of the city. Put any limitations on the comics and uh, what they're allowed to do or what they're allowed to say while they're on stage. All right, perfect. We're going to come back with more Andreas and Joe. Find out what we think the new year is going to look like with the return of live stand-up and where things are going from here. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Tachito, humble servant at the Corner Comedy Club, downtown Toronto. Um, you're now listening to Inside Jokes. Go love yourself. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. Helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. And live comedy is a thing again. Maybe hecklers are too, hopefully not, but they kind of come part and parcel with it. We're talking to Andreas down at Yuck Yucks Niagara. And here in Toronto, Joe of the Corner Comedy Club. I want to pick both your brains now too. I mean, you know, we sort of had to figure things out this year and it became a hybrid of live shows especially in toronto it was weird because it was kind of like one step forward two steps back it was like are we open now we're closed are we open now we're closed so we sort of found this weird hybrid where it was live shows online streaming digital stuff i mean even the festivals went that way for you both i mean as bookers as producers as venue owners do you see this sort of being part of the package forever when we go into the new year i mean do you think just digital content is going to be forever married with live stand-up now Everyone keeps talking about the new normal, new normal, right? I mean, I, I really hope not. Um, 
you know, what I've realized with the club being open is people are starving to be out. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, people have been out and they've been having fun. We've had hecklers in the audience, but not bad ones. They're just enjoying it. And I think that nothing beats that. I mean, it happened yeah. in the restaurant business when they, all they did was takeout. Well, you know what? A lot of guys are like, oh, I'm making lots of money in takeout. I'm never, I'm never going to open the restaurant. But people want to be out. They want yeah, the experience. The, the 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 video the uh, zoom the zoom comedy it does not beat the live eh, and the human interaction and seeing that person and being out and it, uh, i hope that 2022 is gets us back to somewhat on track to that Don't it, it, Don't yeah it, it really is that you know it's yeah it's it, it was sort of a placebo because it really and I mean, Joe, of course, the corner is completely built on this, but it really is that feeling of like at any moment, any given show, anything could happen. No, no one set is the same as the other. Like you're in this moment. The rest of the world doesn't exist. You're in that dark room. The comics right in front of you. Anything can jump off. Uh, yeah, just like you nailed it on the head right there. I don't think that the comedy stand up is going to ever transcend through a Zoom platform, through an online platform the way it does in the live setting. It's a 360 completely submersive experience. And like you said, the most important part is that it takes you out of yourself. It takes you into the present moment. Who knows what's going to happen? This is not scripted. There's no pausing the recording, rewind, editing, deleting. This is live experience. We are meant as humans to interact with each other. And I don't really know what's going to happen, but I keep my ears plugged and my head to the ground. And I take it on this motto one day at a time. Right now, I have the ability to do what I can and provide this for the, uh, the audience and the comics. So I'm not going to stop until someone comes and physically stops me now. Um, you know, I don't want to like go against the grain and break rules to have to do it. But, you know, comedy is about breaking rules to begin with. And, yeah. you know, back in the day, they told people you're, during Prohibition, you're not allowed to drink. And they found a way to do things, you know. So I'm going to put my uh, best foot forward to kind of keep that going on. Because the most overwhelming response I've gotten from people coming back is how badly they needed this, this live experience, going out, interacting with people, and also just the laughter. There's been far too much doom and gloom. So come out to a comedy show, support it while you can, because we don't know, tomorrow might never come. And I mean, it, the proof has been right there. I mean, you look at the last couple months with the clubs that have reopened even new venues starting up the working comics that stuck it through and figured out a way and are back on stage. Now. I mean, looking at the shows that have been happening, these aren't, these aren't open mic nights. These aren't random bars with two comics talking to each other. The shows that have been happening in this city since things reopened have been packed. Everything has been Fire. selling out. Rooms have been full. Audiences have been desperately missing this. You can tell right now, I think it is a good sign for what the new year looks like. Like you don't know what you got till it's gone. That's right. That's totally true. Uh, and by the way, so Joe, uh, you do have, uh, we're going to, we're going to get some plugs in here and find out what's going on. So Joe, you do have this new home venue for the corner club comedy club. It is back. I know you guys have been doing tapings and stuff in there too. Uh, so where can people in Toronto come check out some shows, man? Uh, so check us out online, thecornercomedy.com. Buy your tickets in advance. You can check us out on Instagram, uh, the corner underscore CA. Um, by the time this airs, I believe Dave Merhej will, will have just finished uh, this coming Saturday recording a live uh, EP, which is going to be able to uh, be streaming on uh, Canadian platforms. 
And then on February 5th, we have a rising up and coming Canadian star, uh, Nima Naz. He's going to be coming and doing uh, three shows on uh, Saturday, February 5th. Uh, aside from that, we have our weekly uh, showcases Thursday to Sunday, 8 and 10 p.m. shows. Beautiful. It's so nice to see this happening again and thriving in this new home. And of course, Andreas, down at Niagara, you're back in business. What do we have coming up, my friend? So we have, we're three shows a week right now, just one show Friday night, two on Saturdays. Um, again, we're, we're taking it one day at a time. You know what? We're trying, we're negotiating it right now with a few American acts to bring them up in the new year. Um, you know, obviously the, the price point hasn't changed with them coming up here. So we're, we're still looking <laughs> yeah. out to uh, try to get some of them come in. Um, we've been talks with Jeremy Piven coming back uh bob saget but again price point it's got to make sense uh and again until we know for sure that we're 100 percent open and we can pack the club you know what we're just going to keep plugging away and um you know hopefully you know you, you hope things don't get shut down again and uh but let the laughter keep going that's for sure <laughs> there we go yes end on that. this episode <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to move forward with that attitude of like no it's not getting closed again because i mean honestly the you can tell the audiences want it they love it they're back again joe and andreas thank you so much that is our show for audiences listen you've been at home listening and watching a live comedy for the last year and a half go out and support live stand-up watch a live show because there is nothing like doing that in person uh -huh. Anything can happen. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Katherine Niker. Oh, my. It's so good to be here in Montreal, and it's so nice that here in the city, you don't feel the need to have like a sexy accent like they do in France, that you like have the confidence to walk around sounding like you're constantly choking on a baguette. It's so refreshing. Like I would uh, travel here to learn French, but I don't want to hate my own accent. I sound like this, and I still don't want to sound like you. <laughs> in fact i can't tell if you guys like accents or if you hate all accents and want them to go back to where they came from i can't tell you guys are really racist here we're gonna get to it <laughs> but all joking aside for real it is actually so nice to be here it took me a while to save up for the trip but i was finally able to afford the vaccinations <laughs>